this is Woodside Church Youth. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Woodside Youth Podcast. How are you doing? I hope you had a great week. Um, this week we sat down with Natty DeMello to talk about Dave Devonish's preach on Be Blessed and talking through the Beatitudes. What do we talk about, Ollie? Well, I thought you were always going to take my part, my, my role in these intros then, but we very quickly, we talk about righteousness, how it's defined, how we can hunger and thirst for righteousness, how we can develop that hunger and thirst, and then what do we do with that emotions? What do we do when we hunger and thirst for righteousness? How can we turn it to God? How can we make fruit of that? We also talk about being peacemakers and... We also talk about how we can use ourselves to bless other people and how we represent God in that. And for the first time ever on the podcast, absolutely unprecedented scenes, it goes wrong. And we're going to oh, show yeah. you it, guys. We Natty DeMello gets a power cut halfway through. So that's all fun and games. So make sure you stay tuned to that. And then, of course, at the end. Of course, it was the episode Natty turns up when it all goes wrong. Yeah, she had a power cut. I'm not sure about that one. Uh, and then, of course, we end in with our golden nuggets of practicality. And they are good this week, so make sure you stay tuned for those towards the end. So we'll see you guys very soon. Hope this really serves you. Well, welcome Natty to the podcast. I hope you're doing all right. Um, it's a pleasure to have you here. Fully requested by all the youth that you know may or may not have actually requested you. So we're really buzzing you're here, and I hope you enjoy your little time on the podcast. And we're going to start with Would You Rather... And we're going to change it up a little bit, and I'm going to start with the Would You Rather. So are you two ready? Are you guys ready? Is it because everyone complained that my Would You Rathers were rubbish? Would you rather uncontrollably fart every time you laugh, or uncontrollably burp every time you cry? That is the question of this week. Um, I think it's actually tougher than you guys think I, I think I I'd rather burp, burp, burp. while crying. Yeah. Burp while crying. Really? Yeah, I know I cry a lot, but I also laugh a lot. And I don't cry a lot, so yeah, yeah. I I I laugh more than I cry. Yeah. Yeah, but you could hide your farts way easier than you could hide your burps. Who says I cry in front of people? This is, first of all, you said uncontrollably. Yeah. 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 You can't control what's coming out and the way it's moving you and affecting your body. Whereas. (laughs) Oh, no, nothing else is going to come from a, apart from a fart, Kevin. I can assure no, yeah, you of yeah, that. But you also can't do something like control the um, the odour of the fart. Some, someone eventually will find out that you're uncontrollably farting. And, and eventually you'll get to a point where you'll never be able to laugh again. You can't <laughs> interact with humans. Whereas if you're crying, you're only going to cry in public, to, uh, in private, in to be honest, aren't you? Yeah. And I'm happy to be uncontrollably burping in private. What happens if you're crying in front of someone and you're just like... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, no, I no, never no. cry in front of I people. Feel, yeah, that's the first problem. Hey. Ah, ah, yikes. You forgot you were talking to. As I said last week, um, Ethan DeMello, the brother of Natty DeMello, once told me that I have the emotional range of a teaspoon. And it's come through for once in my life. <laughs> You'd just be you living your normal life, Kate. Yeah, nothing would be... No, 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 no. I don't uncontrollably burp in my normal life anyway. <laughs> well, no, but if you're not crying anyway, then you would never uncro- exactly. uncontrollably burp. I'm, yeah... I'm definitely burping uncontrollably instead of farting uncontrollably. I don't know. I think I'd... As as long as the farts are odourless, I think I'd go fart. It's Wait. uncontrollable. You can't control that. 
All I know is that whatever you pick, the Holy Spirit is going to either make you cry or laugh in public and just destroy you. Because no. God just would love to see that. I just know that's what's going to happen. And funny no. enough, the Holy Spirit has never made me laugh in public. Yeah. Interesting. I thought you'd go for different answers, but let us know at home which one you'd go for and send us some more info next week. Actually, you know what? Allow this one. Don't don't let us know which one you're going for. I'm, I'm fine not knowing this week. Rah, Kevin doesn't even care about the youth anymore. Yeah, allow it this week still. Yeah, so let us know and we'll do it again next week. Yeah, so this week we had Dave Devnish uh, talk to us. His preach was called Be Blessed and he was talking to us about the Beatitudes in the Sermon on the Mount. And this week, we're going to have Ollie summarise the preach in one minute for us. Okay, I'm ready. Are you ready, Ollie? I'm ready. Hang on. I'm ready. Okay, so David pretty much, he carried on our series on Look to Jesus, and he talked about how Jesus uh, went from all the preaching and healing that we've looked at in the past previous weeks, and he actually left the people and went up to a mountain. Uh, And people were a bit confused as to why he'd left all of the people to go up to a mountain, but that was because he wanted to deliver one of the greatest and key sermons that has ever been recorded, called the Sermon on the Mount. And this is a great sermon and it starts with a list of people who are going to be blessed because of their attitudes. And this list of things at the start is called the Beatitudes. It shows us that actually the whole of this area starts with God's grace. And it also shows us how, like, what the kingdom will look like, the characteristics of the kingdom in terms of blessing lots of different people. And he went on to look into different, all the different Beatitudes, what that might look like for blessing the people who are poor in spirit, what it might look like for for blessing the people who first and hunger for righteousness and how we can be peacemakers. So he went through all of those and he ended with a little bit about um, how humility plays into it and how we can actively be blessings to other people as well because that is just as much as our role in the extension of God's kingdom. So that was pretty much Dave D's preach summed wow. up. Wow, that took you 70 seconds. Oh, oh man. 10 seconds away. I'm never going to be able to criticise anyone that summarises the preach no. again on the podcast. You know them ones where the guest leaves and then we, like, chat about them and how bad they were? You can't really, like, talk about how bad the preach summary uh, was I've, now anymore. I've, I've played myself. I've yeah. played myself. Please no one criticise the preach summary. But yeah, that was pretty much what it was about. Okay, so in David's preach, uh, he talk, as we said, he talked about loads of things. But one of the key things he was talking about is about righteousness and he defined, he said that depending on the context of the word used, that righteousness can be defined in three, way, three ways. The first one being made righteous because of Christ. The second one was living a godly life. And the first one was to yearn and work and hunger and thirst for justice. And I mean, especially in this time, like current, with all the things currently going on in the world, with the increase in the Black Lives Matter movement and the coronavirus pandemic and how it's affecting different people. Like, it's totally natural to hunger and thirst for justice. But what do you guys think about uh, how we can develop our hunger and thirst for justice to represent what God feels and how we can deal with that? Yeah, I think it's um, it's important to look at the reason why we should be hungering for justice as well. And um, I think it's important because it's on God's heart as well. Um, God is a God who loves justice, as it says somewhere in Isaiah, I can't remember where. But um, the stuff that's going on is also breaking God's heart, everything that's going on in the world. Like, God didn't plan for the world to be like this. He didn't... Mm. This is not the world that he wanted. And, um, yeah, until the day that the kingdom fully comes, there's always going to be... Yeah, the enemy's always going to be working. But, um, yeah, I think it's important because it is something that's on God's heart and it's something that should be on our heart as well. I think it should be something that we should be asking God for, for God to break our heart the way his heart breaks for everything that's going on around. It's like that... um, the song that you always keep yapping on about 
uh, I think it's Xano <laughs> by Hillsong or something. And uh, like I don't know. I don't think I've referenced like it too many You've said it so many times, I've blocked it out of my head. But um, <laughs> yeah, there's a line in there, isn't it? Where it's like, break my heart for what breaks yours. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's it's important to see why we should be hungering and thirsting for righteousness as well. Understanding God's heart behind it. Yeah. Uh, we're also called to do it because it says in uh, Isaiah 61 how um, it says the spirit of the Lord has led me to proclaim the good news to the poor and to save the broken heart and all that. I think it's something that we're called to do as God's children as well to um, absolutely look after the, the people, love the people around us and be um, worries for justice in whatever way we can. Yeah, I think um, probably a good way to start is by praying because mm. mm-hmm. then you'll start, well, you'll get to know God more and also your relationship will build with him but also he'll he'll show you and then educate yourself find out what's going yeah. on around you yeah I, th- I think it's praying initially that we understand the situation from god's perspective yeah and like that it will break our heart when when injustices happen but i think it's also praying about what we can personally do like god can give us advice and help us to do things personally to bring more of god's kingdom and fight the injustices but also praying big prayers as well like big our prayers are impactful when god hears mm. them and praying big prayers that injustice will end that we will see the end of that we'll see the end of people being poor that we'll see the end of racial injustice mm. like those big prayers are also important yeah and i think when we do that we also position our hearts in the best way possible to make make big impact yeah like our he- our head and actions are exactly in the place where our heart is and it's our heart is like god's that we want all of this to end and i think we're going to be more impactful yeah i think feeling overwhelmed though at this point especially with everything that's come that is on the news now is totally totally normal mm. i think it, it's it's a good uh being angry about all the injustices and what's going on is a good feeling mm. uh but what would you what do you guys do when you feel overwhelmed by what you're seeing in the world like what what would you do in order to get out of that state of overwhelmment um i think i'll probably start reading about about jesus coming and why he came and like he actually came to give us hope he came like one of the beatitudes yeah 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 i think um the second one he talks about mourning um the ones who mourn um god's gonna come and bless them and comfort them and even though everything's not okay now that it will be when his second coming comes and even in the midst of waiting we'll see little bits of the kingdom here yeah Yeah. i think reading the psalms is a good way to process what we're feeling as well because the psalmist talks a lot like he's overwhelmed and uh, going through a lot of emotions Mm. and i think reading them can be quite useful to kind of align our feelings with what uh the psalmist kind of expressing and then I've never done this, but apparently writing your own song is a good way to express what you're feeling as well. Yeah, I think write, writing down your emotions is really important, isn't it? Yeah, didn't you guys talk about lamenting one of the weeks on your podcast? Uh, yeah, we did. We, yeah, did. we, we talked about lamenting a little bit, uh, but no, it's literally just telling God exactly how you're feeling. Mm. And the great thing is that we don't have to, we don't have to wear a mask when we come to God. Mm. We can say exactly how we're feeling without any fear of rejection or anything like that mm. and we just come to god and say this is how i'm feeling but i think what we see all the way through the psalms is that um it always ends by looking to god or saying yeah. your will be good your will be done and that's such a you're even a lot of the psalms finish with your kingdom come that's a great way to be ending all our prayers when we're processing 
our emotions and overwhelmment of everything that's going on, but ending it with your kingdom come or I'm looking towards you, God. Yeah. Like, it's a great way to lament, which is process your emotions, but also to leave it so that you're unlikely to look at your prayer and feel like, oh, I'm really overwhelmed. Yeah. But that's leaving on a good stead. I think we can we can feel overwhelmed as um, not only as what's going on, but how to fix it as well. Sometimes we can look at everything that's going on and we can feel like we have no control. I think over what's going on, a lot of people have a thing where if they can't control something, then they get really anxious about it and stuff. But I think as yeah. we um, pray about it and try to get more hope about it, I think God kind of, he gives you your role in all of it. Like if you pray for what your role is in everything that is going on, I think he will show you what your, like what, what gifts he's given you. Yeah, because we all have a role to play in the kingdom coming. Yeah. Because, mm. um, yeah, one of the Beatitudes is being a peacemaker, isn't it? And yeah. um, I think that it's, it can be quite, for some it can be quite overwhelming to think, oh, I'm a peacemaker. How do I bring peace mm. in situations? Like, especially with massive situations that are going on now, people can feel like, oh, what, I can't control anything. How do I bring peace in all this? But um, yeah, asking God for uh, what he's put in us and how we can use that is important. That was one of the key Beatitudes that stood out to me, being peacemakers. I mean, David defined a peacemaker as someone who is concerned for the whole community around them, for the, all of the people around them, their well-being, and said that they are also reconcilers that heal divisions. And in that time, I think it's so important to look towards our calling to be peacemakers on the mm. earth and the situations we're currently in, that we're to care for everyone around us and their well-being, and that we are able to reconcile and heal divisions and be the people that stand in the gap. Yeah. I think that's such a such a massive calling, especially for now, looking at all the Beatitudes, and God will bless the people that do that. And that's, that's often it can feel overwhelming to think, oh, I'm called to be a peacemaker. But God, by God's grace and by God's power, we can actually do that for him. We can, we can be the peacemakers. I, I think also our role in being peacemakers is by praying... Play, praying without ceasing for situations that need peace. Okay. Like actually, yeah. we can we can bring peace to scenarios because we either take them on behalf of people to God mm. or point this up, everyone in that scenario to God, who is the ultimate peacemaker. I think so. Like I would, uh, I've been thinking about this a lot recently. Not to underestimate the power of my prayers and their impact. You know. Yeah. God's peace is beyond all understanding, and God will also keep those who look to Him and love Him in perfect peace. Yeah, like and praying for that is so powerful in terms of bringing peace. It can be practical in front of people. It can be practical just listening to people. It can be blessing them with gifts, but it can also be us just in our quiet places praying for those scenarios that God's peace rushes in. Mm, yeah, I think recently I've been reading more um, stories about like heroes of prayer and how some of them have like changed the world, and it all started with praying. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and that's how I get inspired. Um, it definitely like wakes up something in me that's like, hey, my prayers are powerful. God hears our cries and He receives them. And like so many of these people are just ordinary people who've just yeah kind of like disciplined themselves and just really want something to happen, which motivates them to like pray more. Yeah, I think we can sometimes feel like our prayers uh, never do enough. Or like we're not when we read about these stories of faith of all these people, it can feel like mm. all these people are so much more better equipped for something like this. Like these are true heroes of justice who've prayed it through, but um, that's not true because in James somewhere it talks about when Elijah prayed for the rain to come over the mountains and he prayed seven times 
and James says yeah. that you know that's that same we've got that same power. The only difference is Elijah there was consistent and he kept going on and praying for what he prayed for. I think it's important to realize that we do have that same power in our prayers. Like, like it's just yeah, we've just got that power. Our prayers can make a difference, and it's important mm-hmm. to just stick with it and be consistent. And like what you said, pray without season. And in any scenario, prayer should be one of our first go tos. Yeah. And like, yeah, we're naturally as humans, like as all people, we can have this. Oh, there's a problem. I want to try and sit. I want to try and fix it. Can I take it yeah. on my own? But actually. You know, there's a reason why we need God. We need His grace, and we need His power to have impact. Yeah. And so, we should turn to. We should look to Him. The whole series is look to Jesus. Yeah. And that's exactly what we should be doing in times of trouble and in times of joy and success. Yeah. You know, it's so important. So yeah. So um, David, toward the end end of his preach, uh, talked about how we should be blessing others the way God has blessed us, and be blessing others as we act out in our lives. Um. But before we talk about like how we should be blessing others, what do you guys think about why we should be blessing others? Yeah, I think when I think about blessing others, I think about how can I serve them? And um, I think it changed when I kind of learned that Jesus said that he had come to serve us. Like he came to this yeah. world for us. And like um, when I think about my commitment about being a Christian, um, my top priority is serving God. And that's kind of where my like where my will for serving other people came from. It's because I'm serving God, and by serving other people, I'm serving God. I think humility plays into that, doesn't it? Because that you were speaking about at some point in the past few days about how being humble is transitioning from being an inward-looking person of what can I gain, what can I do, to transitioning to a outward-looking person. Yeah, yeah. Someone's like quote was like, "Being humble is when you think less about yourself, not less of yourself." So the yeah. time you think of yourself becomes less, and you think more about others, rather yeah. than putting yourself down, which is what I think some people get humility confused with. What What does it look like going from that place of thinking less? Of yourself and going to thinking less about yourself. Like I think it's important that we remain to have a value, a point of self worth when we talk about being humble. Like you don't want to put yourself down. I think I heard a couple of weeks ago someone talk about self worth and having a good amount of self esteem, um, and how if we're trying to build self worth into people, like especially he was talking in the scenario of having young children, a great way to do that is to like give them a specific role. So if you if you want to um, take them shopping, like a role for them can be, oh, I need you to hold hold the bags until we get to the end. And they'll take they'll t- take self-worth from having that role in a bigger in a bigger scenario of actually going shopping. They're just playing a really small role. And actually instead of focusing on the fact that oh I'm just coming shopping, like the kids are focusing on I'm holding I'm I'm holding the bags for my mum and dad who I'm going shopping with. I'm contributing to this big thing. Mm. I think it's really interesting to look at kind of like having a good amount of self-worth but also being humble that's also a scenario like that we should look at now like instead of going shopping with our parents like you know we have a massive we have a role to play in bringing the kingdom and i think that gives us a sense of self-worth but it's also knowing that it's actually a very small part of the, god's big plan and it's mm. all we're doing it because god's taken us to the place where we can 
bring the kingdom and he's going to give us the power to say hold the bags but he's going to give us the power to to do it but I think I find it really helpful to know that I have a role to play that actually it's in my DNA that I have a role to play and yeah. it's always been God's plan I think that gives me a good sense of self-worth but also you can have that whilst also outward looking like my role to play is serving other people mm. I think that really helps me in terms of talking about that does that make sense yeah yeah that makes sense like because we're representatives of Christ like he talks about that he's given us his spirit and that yeah. means and I know that we've been looking at like fruits of the spirit and stuff and when you manifest those gifts Great plug. and when you show them <laughs> and when you show them to other people you are showing them a little bit of God and I think that's really yeah. helpful what you said about um, self-worth is yeah because um, God told us to love others as we love ourselves I think it's important to the way we love others reflects the way we love ourselves as well doesn't it it's important yeah. to be in that place where you feel secure in what you are and being yeah. able to carry out what God called us to do it always goes back to like your relationship with God and if you know and are secure with how loved you are by yeah. him you just naturally know what he says about you as well and love yeah. yourself and then it means that you can love others too yeah Mm. It's like the verse in John, yeah. Yeah. Uh, where it says, um, "One John, uh, one John, chapter four, th- four, verse, verse twelve, nineteen. Oh, I was so close. <laughs> right. Good effort, Kev. I was close. It's fine. We move anyway. It says how uh, because he, <laughs> I don't even know the word. Uh, something about he loved us first, which is why we love others. Yeah, that's all I had to say. Yeah, so one of the things I've been reading about in How to Pray is um, sitting in the silence and like connecting with God. And I think that's really helped me like understand and let God talk to me and let him tell me that he loves me. And like, yeah, um, yeah, it's something that's like really built me up more in the last couple of weeks as I've started mm. doing it. And yeah, yeah. I can feel the change in myself already. So what does that practically look like to you? Do you literally just sit there in, in silence or do you like go on a walk or what? Because I know in the book it says why you, it recommends that like one of the way he does it is just he goes on a run and carries on until he feels God's smile. And to be honest, I don't think I could, I can run very fast. So God would really have to show me a smile, smile quite quickly. Yo, like, what God does that would have to like be smiling you, down on me so quick. <laughs> like I can hardly run down the stairs so I, I bet it better be there by the time I get to the fridge um, yeah so I think he talks about whether you're a super active person or whether you're not and I'm I, I'm not a super active person I think the times for me are genuine quiet times or yeah. even in like the shower you know, it's my yeah. quiet times that I can talk to God uh-huh. Um but usually it does start off with a little bit of worship, I think, like listening to worship to just get my like focus on him first. And then I'll do the silence where I don't listen to any words. Um, mm, yeah. Yeah, I think one of my friends recommended listening to classical music or like music without words and then sitting yeah. in it if you really, really don't like silence. And I thought that was pretty good. Haven't tried it yet. Better have some good uh, without words albums, don't they? Yeah, there's a, they have some good without words albums, but I think it's good to sit in, like, play a song. So, like, I would often 
have like just random piano playing in the background because I think although the those songs fill us with really good truth, if we're trying to just go in silence, I would often just end up singing those songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think I think sitting in silence is a it can often be an uncomfortable start, like sitting in silence and just waiting for to feel God's love or for God to speak about you, about what he thinks about you. But I think it's super important. You've got to work at it as um, well, hasn't you? It's not going to come like, well, it might, it might not necessarily come straight away. You kind of have to keep going at it. I think like in that book, he talks a lot about like silence, like the first P in prayer is pause and centering yeah. yourself. And I think that takes practice as well. You kind of have to keep going at it until you get comfortable with being uncomfortable in the silence. You know, I think I everyone think... in church is reading that book. Connie's devotional <laughs> yeah, this week like... is, uh, she talk, she literally showed the book mm-hmm. and said Tim right. gave it to me to read. And also, a little bit of a plug, just saying that as of, so we're recording this on Tuesday, so as of tomorrow on the Instagram, we're starting the 21-day devotional on how to pray by Pete Gregg. So you can get Big involved, up. let us know what you think, we're going to be posting our comments on the Instagram. So... That should be good. I mean, going back to kind of, yeah, I think in terms of when we talk about serving and kind of bringing it back to the question you asked, Kev, about how we can serve and bless others, yeah. I think we have to get our minds around that how that can often be uncomfortable. Yeah. And I've been reflecting a lot about the story of the parable of the prodigal son and there's so much that we can learn from that. I think I'll probably mention it on my youth video in a few weeks' time as well. But the fact that the dad kind of did stuff that people would have looked at and been why why are you accepting your son back after he did all that bad stuff for you or why even are you running towards your son like um in those days like running would have been as would have been a sign of something quite strange yeah um but he did that and when he was doing that he was um he was representing that story is that that he represents god and if we are also to represent God, like we are also going to have to do things that make us look a bit strange, which may make everyone feel a bit uncomfortable in terms of accepting people, in terms of blessing people. You know, I think often we need to be in places where we're a bit uncomfortable for us to grow. Yeah. And that that, that is also very like viable and real for, for this situation as well, when we're to bless and serve other people. So some awful news. There's been a thunderstorm in Bedford. And as a result, Natty's internet mid-podcast has cut out. Yikes. She has had a power cut. Unrealised scenes. This has never happened before. This is unprecedented. I, so you're just going to have to sit there and listen to me and Ollie, to be honest. And I want to apologise in advance for that. But for, it, it was towards the end It's towards the end of our podcast anyway. So me and Kevin go move on to the Golden Nuggets of Practicality, everyone's favourite section of the podcast. Yeah. So this is what we're going to do. I've got. I've managed to get Natty to text me her practical tips. So you're not going to be. You're not going to be. You're not going to be quenching for any more. We're going to have still have free tips. The lengths that so, we go to for you guys. Uh, not even a power card will stop lengths. us from getting you your golden nuggets of practicality. So I'm going to start with Natty's. Natty's golden nugget of practicality is to when we're reflecting on kind of um, being hungry and thirsty for for justice. And when we're almost lament, we talked a little bit about lamenting is to always pray and take it to God with your Bible open. Not only does that make mean that God will have a really good, helpful way to speak to us, but it can also be used to remind us of God's perspective on the scenario and God's truth on the scenario as well. Kev, what have you got for us? I think maybe mine will be uh, talking, Nate was talking about contemplation, wasn't she? So I think my practice yeah. this week will be um, trying to sit in silence and sit with God more because I haven't done that in a while and kind of trying to build it up instead of 
uh, sitting with it and being uncomfortable and leaving it for like ages. Just like starting with maybe literally 30 seconds. 30 seconds yeah, and then good. building it up. Mine, my golden nugget of practicality will be, I think I've reflected a lot upon uh, how much peace I'm bringing to different scenarios and how I can, if I do stand in the gap and be a bit of a bridge in scenarios mm-hmm. where there isn't as much peace as we'd want, as the kingdom would want. And I think I'm going to actively seek out and be more aware of different scenarios and how I can bring peace, whether that's in prayer, whether that's listening, whether that's doing something practical or doing it in my quiet place. I think I'm going to actively seek out those opportunities and bring the, take them to God. Nice. So that would be Very mine. Good. So, unfortunately, we didn't even get to say goodbye to Natty. Oh, no. What a huge rip. Oh. But I trust oh. gutted. As you can hear from from the tone of our voices. I'm so sad. How will I ever recover from this? So yeah, but I trust and I'm praying that you were served by Natty just brings such such incredible perspectives and always brings it back to prayer and the Bible and it's so good. So I hope this episode has served you well. We'll of course be back next week talking about Salt and Light and we're going to be chatting with the legendary Lena Sancto who is going to be absolutely amazing. Um... So hopefully you'll all tune in next week. Hopefully you have a great week and we'll see you soon. See you soon, guys. Thanks for joining us. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com or follow us on social media.